Welcome to episode 9 of the Nordic Football Podcast. Coming up on this edition, we've got a bumper transfer special where all 32 teams in Norway and Sweden are analysed for their business in this transfer window. And rounding the podcast off, we've got an interview with Dutch football expert Mitchell Jongsma to talk about Rosenborg against Ajax in the upcoming Europa League. So settle back everyone and hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the Nordic Football Podcast. Well, it's been a real manic period recently, both uh, on the field and uh, also off the field, certainly for me. I've been away a bit recently, so uh, a couple of weeks without a podcast, but it's um, it's good to be back, isn't it, John? Yes, it's good to be back. A lot of things going on. How have you been, Steve? How was your holiday? Well, you know, there were some good days and some bad days, as you uh, might expect with the uh, British uh, weather. Uh, which can uh, throw up anything at any time of year. So, uh, but you know, good to get away with the the family for a few days, and uh, you know, not the the most ideal time uh, for it to happen. But uh, you know, well and truly back in the swing of it now. Hope you've been uh, keeping well yourself. Yeah, good. I'm good. Uh, what have What have we got on the show today? Um... Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna start with eat my shorts, uh, and then really this whole show is about a transfer special, as the title indicates. Um, the transfer window is shut in uh, in sweden it's nearly shut in norway and uh, you know we feel it's about time that we uh, talked in detail about each club um and their dealings in this summer window we're going to grade every single team in the asvenskan and elita serien uh, on their dealings uh, so far this summer so yeah that's the the bulk of the episode but coming up uh, at the end we've also got a european preview uh, because uh, rosenborg are facing ajax in the europa league so we've got one of your dutch uh, expert uh, friends uh, on board right at the end, haven't we, John? Yeah, we do indeed. And we'll be previewing that game in detail coming up. Big game in, in Norway. Uh, so, yeah, I'm ready for this big transfer special. Uh, it's, we've got a lot to get through for every single team in the Norwegian and Swedish league. So let's let's get into it. Yeah, well, before that, we're going to start with the Eat My Short section. Um, and for those who don't know, each of us has 20 seconds to make a point about our uh, respective leagues and me in Norway and John in Sweden. Um, so uh, uh, five points each. Um, and I'll tell you what, you can get us underway um, on this particular edition, John. So I'll count you down. Are you ready? All right, then. When okay. Three, two, one, go. First up is Tai Taiwo. It's the first man I have to speak about because I have a very fond fondness for him. Nigeria World Cup 2010 star. He also played for Milan and Marseille, and he has gone to AFC Eskilstuna, perhaps one of the biggest and most high-profile deals of this window so far. Well, I'm going to have to talk about um, Rosenborg at the top of the table in Norway. They beat Molde in a really big head-to-head match. Uh, if they'd gone the other way, then you could say the title race would be back on. But they're now seven points clear. They're looking really good. And uh, yet again, another title for the team from Trondheim. Well, the next place to start is Malmo, who have pretty much wrapped up the title already. Uh, you would, you know, still many more than 10 games to go. They smashed Kalmar 6-0 at the weekend on the Friday. They are well clear at the top of the league. They've, their squad is a joke, to be honest. They've bought well in the transfer window. Nobody's going to stop them now. Title done. 
Okay, my next mention is going to have to be uh, Sanderfjord, who uh, are going, arguably the second uh, team in, in best form in this league behind Rosenborg right now. Three wins in a row, they're up to the dizzy heights of fifth place, which is sensational at this time of year, uh, considering they were the pre-season favourites uh, to go straight back down. Brilliant work at the moment for Sandyfield. Yeah, and the next place to go, I'm going to go a bit cultural here and speak about Hossam Aish, who is a, a midfielder for Ostersunds, who is a player for Ostersunds, excuse me. He has declared this week that he's going to play for Palestine, which is a really you know heartfelt gesture for him. He grew up in Gothenburg, but he's decided to switch allegiances to Palestine. And obviously, with the situation there, it's a massive thing for the country uh, to have such a high profile player playing for the, the nation who has been through so much. Oh, you're nearly out of time on that one, but you just got it in. Um, I'm going to have to mention Strums Goodser, who uh, I said were a club in crisis uh, a couple of podcasts ago, but uh, they've come back really well from the uh, summer break, uh, two wins in a row, uh, convincing home wins, and they're up to the safety of mid-table now. So maybe finally this underachieving squad might uh, actually get its act together. Yeah, I'm going back-to-back Ostersunds here. I'm going to speak about now the Europa League tie. They have got Payok Thessaloniki from Greece in the Europa League. Can they make it to the Europa League group stages for the very first time in their history? It's going to be a massive occasion, a massive tie. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Rosenborg-Ajax, but the Ostersunds game is also worth a mention, and the Greeks will be up for it, but so will Graham Potter's men. Uh, now, the last match at the Ullaval Stadion for uh, Valerenga uh, took place uh, on Monday night. It was a horrible nil-nil draw against uh, Tromsø. Uh, better best forgotten, so uh, they can move on to their new stadium um, and uh, hopefully they'll get some uh, better results there. Also, it was the first point for new Tromsø coach, Simo Valakari. And finally, I'm going to end off again with AFC Eskilstuna. They're, they are bottom of the league. They drew 1-1 with ARK midweek, uh, sorry, at the weekend. They played fairly well for spells of the game, but they are now eight, five points cut off the drift at sea, all at sea at the bottom of the table, one win in 19 games. They're eight points off the relegation places as well. But they've made a lot of transfer dealings, which we'll talk about. And, you know, can Michael Jolly get out of the uh, deep sea that he's in at the moment? And I'm afraid I'm going to have to talk about uh, Viking last-minute goals again because the same thing happened once more. Looked like they were going to win 1-0 at Arlson, but a last-gasp equaliser cost them. However, on the positive note for Viking, they are four matches unbeaten and uh, they're inching their way gradually towards uh, safety. But yes, another late goal conceded from them. Okay, well, uh, that's the end of Eat My Shorts uh, for this particular section. Plenty plenty going on in uh, Norway and Sweden. And uh, it's time we went straight into these uh, transfers, isn't it, John? Uh, I think we're going to start um, by talking about the uh, the current bottom eight in the, in the Elite Serien. So I'm going to hand over to you here. Okay, yeah, how are we going to do this? Are we going to go one Sweden, one Norway? Or are we going to go eight Norway straight away? Eight Norway straight away through. Okay. Uh, where do we begin? Uh, Trump's are at the bottom of the table. So, well, yeah. with transfer special, we're going to review every team's business and give them a mark, I believe. Uh, a rough grading based on their, have they done good or bad business? Uh, so let's start off with Trumzo. Tell us about them. Well, the first thing I've got to mention about the Norwegian transfer window, there's still one more day left at the time of recording. So some business can be done, but 
you know, let's just see what develops. But right now, I don't, I don't think Trump's have done anywhere near enough. I mean, uh, I suppose you could say their biggest signing is a new manager, Simo Valakari. Um, but on the actual field itself, they've only uh, uh, signed Shamil Gazanov, uh, defensive mid midfielder from Russian side Anzai. Um, I mean, they, they needed, I think, two or three new players um, in this window to give themselves a good chance of uh, staying up. Um, some might say the squad itself is just underachieving. But, uh, yeah, right now, I think I'd have to give them a D grade, John. Uh, there's simply not enough business been going on. They, they need a really good last day. Okay, uh, if we're looking at the bottom eight of the table, we've got Tromso Viking, Christensen, Sundar, Lillestrom, Wallerenga, Alisson, and Odd. And Odd. Which of those teams, in your opinion, has done the best business? Well, I mean, I, I think I would actually have to say Lillestrom um, right now. Um, and that is despite them losing Bonky Innocent to uh, to Malmo. But they got good money for him, 800000 Pounds, and I would say that is a, a quite a probably three or four hundred thousand more than, than than was warranted for him. Um, now he's a good young player, twenty one years old, but he only started about six six or seven matches for Lillestrøm this season. So in a way, I don't think they're going to miss him as much as some people um, think. But um, what I do like about Lillestrøm is they've got rid of some real shit heaps, John. Um, the uh, a couple of guys up front, Thomas Malich and Mikel Skoda. I think I mentioned them before on this podcast. Terrible players, really. Um, and just lumps up front, uh, big guys. And they had their uses to a certain extent in the odd game uh, when they were looking to play direct. But they've shipped, they've got rid of some really uh, poor uh, players. And they've, they've signed uh, two or three interesting guys. Um, some Nigerians. Uh, Moses B on the right wing and Charles... Chinidu uh, Ezi, another defensive midfielder. And this is typical Lillestrøm. They have a good history of uh, of African footballers doing well for them. And they also have got Marco Tagbajumi on loan from Strum's Goodser. And he, he looked all right to me at Goodser this year. Um, so I think he's a pretty good addition as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I, I really like what they've done. They've got rid of poor players, signed some decent ones. And the money they got for Bonky Innocent, was a lot more than they, they should have got, in my opinion. So I think, yeah, the teams in the bottom eight, Lillestrøm for me, the best uh, business. Well, you've got Christiansen and Viking there, who are second and third bottom. Um, firstly, which one do you think is in more relegation danger? Who should be more worried? And what have they both done to rectify their situations? Well, uh, Christiansen are, uh, are quite a limited team in terms of resources and things like that. And... Um, I think at the start of the season, they had the weakest squad on paper. And I still think they've got the weakest squad on paper in the league right now. Um, so, obviously, they could do with reinforcing it. They've got Amidou Diop on loan from Mulder, a attacker. Versatile attacker who um, who might go well for them. And Olab Obi um, from Sarpsborg on loan. So, two players there who, who might uh, improve them. And they've not lost anyone of note. So um, I think in the, in the instance of Christensen, it was quite a good thing they kept the majority of their squad and they didn't lose any anyone anyone good. Um, they know it's going to be a real battle to survive. I think they're in bigger danger of going down simply because of the amount of quality uh, on paper. So I think for me, Christensen, um, I would give uh, around about a sort of a B grade, I think, um, for, for their uh, transfer dealings. And Lillestrøm, uh, by the way, is about an A grade. Mr. A grade, interesting. 
Okay, well, sandwich between Lillestrøm and Christiansen and Sondal. Um, you know, we haven't talked about them too much on the podcast, I think, to date, really. Uh, tell us a bit about their situation and who who was the key player. Maybe they've they brought in anyone or lost anyone. Well, the problem with Songdal is they've had so many injuries this year, uh, long-term injuries as well. So, I mean, they've 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 signed a lot, a lot of players, um, and uh, it's uh, it's a, <laughs> an issue in that regard. But I, I do like uh, a few uh, players that they've brought in um, in this particular window. Uh, big guy from England, uh, Rice Greenidge. He. Uh, uh, absolute man mountain at the back, uh, John uh, comes in from Ebbsfleet United of all places. I've seen him in a couple of games, and he's looked dangerous for them going forward in set pieces. He's looked solid at the back, and they've also signed um, Ole Martin Lindoroy on loan from Molder. He should do okay for them. Um, a couple of other guys um, from abroad who I don't really know an awful lot about. Uh, they haven't lost anyone uh, of importance. Um, I mean, right now, they've got a lot of players on their books of Songdale, but at least four or five of them are genuinely uh, injured, possibly for the rest of the season. So it's a real, real mess, their squad right now. And it just seems players are always going down, possibly due to their really poor artificial surface, uh, John. But uh, I think for Songdale, I mean, they've, they've brought players in this window, uh, which is a good thing. Again, a pretty solid B grade, maybe a C plus grade, I would say, for them. Interestingly, you mentioned Reese Greenwich because uh, I've actually seen him play before for Hemel Hempstead Town. I mean, really? Oh, yeah, he's, uh, he is a big lad, isn't he? Six foot five-ish and he used to play for Arsenal, I think, from the academy, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he fits into... I was impressed with what I've seen so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised he's turned up in, in Norway because, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's better than on league level. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, that name actually rang a bell. I was trying to remember where I'd heard it from. And looked into it in my notes, and yeah, I saw him play for Hemel Hempstead. So um, yeah, for I guess Sundown fans, I think the only thing I noted at the time was that he's not the best in one v ones. But yeah, he appears to have quite a bit of potential, in my opinion. And he can also play left back. So interesting one there. But yeah, moving on. Um, you know, like I said, we've got Arden Allison now and Wallerenga. Uh, tell us a bit about their their business. And you know, like I say again, has anyone lost any any key men or? Uh, sort, sort of bought anyone that's caught your eye. Well, before we go there, I'm just going to go back to Viking because I forgot to mention them. And uh, there's been a lot, a lot of business at Viking this summer, as as we expected. Uh, let's start with the big departure, and that's Samuel adding Benro to Rosenborg. Um, and this is the the one big negative for, for Viking this window. It, it was totally expected that he would leave. But they've only got about one and a half million pounds for him. And I actually think this is a player that's worth at least two million. So I don't think they've done uh, particularly great there. I think they could have, uh, I expected them to uh, to get more money. Apart from that, they've done a really good job. Uh, Ian Burtonall knew he needed to add players um, this window. Um, and he's done that in bulk. About uh, six or seven new guys have, have come in. Most notable, Tommy Herland uh, from Stroms. Good, good poacher, already scored two goals in two games. Frederick Tornsteinbo from Hammerby, I think we mentioned him a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, Ross Jenkins, defend, English defensive midfielder. Uh, Sima Gregor, a centre-back uh, from the Russian league. Andres Nordvik, ex-Sarpsborg man, another uh, defender. Uh, he's coming from the Danish league at Esbjerg. And there's a couple of other guys as well. So they've got a lot more uh, depth now of, uh, of Viking. They've lost players. Carol Metz has gone. Michael Ledger, Kwesi Apaya. So lots of ins and outs uh, for Viking. 
But I think overall a really solid uh, transfer grade uh, for them. Uh, just a shame that Adik Benro has gone and they didn't get more money for him. But apart from that, I can't knock this. I'm a really solid B plus sort of A minus transfer uh, window for Viking. Okay, so at the moment you've got a D for Tromso, a B plus for Viking, Christiansen a B, Sundal a B, Lillis coming mm. at A, so they look to be the ones who have really strengthened the most. Wallerenga, Arlison and Odd have B, B and a C, I believe. Yeah, well, Arsenal, there's not a lot of ins and outs here. Uh, they lost uh, uh, the striker to um, back back to the Dutch league, uh, Velvik, uh, and they've uh, brought in a Dutch, uh, Greek player, uh, Anastasis Papa Zoglu. Uh, I don't think I pronounced that properly, but uh, so it's a like for like swap there for them. Uh, they've not really done any other business. So a solid grade for Arsenal. They didn't need to do much. Um, so B there. Ballerenga, they brought in a goalkeeper, Adam Quarasi, ex-Portland uh, Timbers, and uh, and Strum's good, sir. They needed a uh, keeper, really, uh, a, top, a better keeper than what they had, so a good bit of business there. They've got Azimi, a striker who's coming from Israel. Uh, he's done his uh, trade in this league before. Um, not a lot of departures apart from Rasmus Linkfist, as we've talked about him before. Um, and uh, Odd, well, they've... Uh, at the moment, they haven't signed anyone, uh, but they have managed to recoup nearly £2 million from the departures of Rafik Zikanini and Frederick Jensen. Um, uh, sorry, they, they have signed Rashani, sorry, from Rosenborg. I forgot about him. Um, and I would imagine uh, sort of on the last day of the window, they'll be wanting to get some guys in. If not, they're going to have £2 million uh, to spend uh, in the next uh, window back in uh, over in, in the winter. So, uh, yeah, I would say for right now, odd, I'm giving them a C grade. Uh, they need to do more. Let's see what they're doing the last day. Right, okay. <clears throat> now, you mentioned Arlison there. A little birdie tells me that uh, one of their players has been looked at by Aston Villa of all people and a few other clubs. Uh, who is that and is that is that rumour true? And finally, uh, as well, the second question there to end this like, bottom eight of the Nordic League, uh, who are your podium, you know, bronze, silver and gold for transfer dealings and also bronze, silver and gold for players in terms of signings right well um in terms of uh, of uh, Alison, it's edwin giassi um right winger who uh, has been linked with quite a few clubs one thing i've got to mention here is players can still be sold after this uh, deadline's passed um right until the 31st of august when the main window in europe shuts so you often get a case in norway where um you know someone goes on sort of premier league deadline day and this could happen with uh, quite a few players in, in Norway, and that could be an instance with Giassi. Uh, the three teams that have done best in the bottom half for me are Lillestrøm, Viking, and I would have to probably give it to Songdal as the bronze. Um, and in terms of actual um, players at the bottom, I've, I'm going to need some more time to think about that, John. Fair enough. Uh, and then, you know, Bearing in mind, this is my final question very quickly, bearing in mind that you've given Trums or D, are they going down then? Are they, is that the end of them? No, not necessarily, because they've, um, they've, they've still got some talent on, play, on paper. Someone like Runa Respior, for example, up front, um, a key striker, has not played a single minute yet. He may well be coming back in September after injury. A lot of doubts about his fitness, but if he comes back, I still think he can get them goals to survive. Um, but yeah, the, the big problem is scoring goals, so... I would like to see them bring someone in on the last day. Whether or not they're going to, I, I do not know. But uh, at, at the moment in time, I still think Christian Sund will end up in the bottom two uh, 
in some form. I think Songdale have got trouble. Obviously, Viking and Tromso are, are in a five points, nearly four or five points adrift right now, but they're going to fight as hard as they can. And um, so, yeah, let's move on to, to Sweden, the bottom eight there. And um, AFC, Estel Stuna, they've got a big ask ahead of them. And uh, But they have been signing players and they have been letting some players go as well. Um, at the start of the season, we did a... Uh, <laughs> A team in focus about them, and you mentioned Emmanuel Frimpong being a poor, uh, poor piece of business for them at, at that point in time, and he's actually left the club now, hasn't he, John? Yeah, I mean, he had uh, on the back of his shirt Frimmy, and it's now, um, well, a gimme that he's out, out the door, and um, yeah, he's been released. Uh, it's a little bit of confusion as to really what's happened to him because. As I mentioned on that podcast, I think episode two, I believe it was, we did a team in focus on them. They, he was ranked at the beginning of the season by a really prestigious Swedish magazine as one of the top 25 players in the league. Uh, and I said at the time that, you know, he, he wouldn't make my top 250. And that has proved to be the case. To, to be basically leaving for, on a free transfer is either something, you know, perhaps has happened on a personal level that we don't know about, but if not, then it suggests that he has been a total failure there. And I'm not going to beat the brand of Bush. I, I predicted that from day one, to be honest. The way he approached, seemed to approach the game uh, in the opening weeks did not leave me with any encouragement and it gave me a lot of cause for concern. And that was the reason that I was so sort of critical of him in that, in that podcast. Um, and he hasn't really recovered since then. He has barely made any appearances, you know, there's been reports of injury problems, but the games he's come on to me, he's looked completely, totally unfit and at times disinterested. And yeah, if you don't have the basic application, uh, um, then it's not going to work out for you. And <clears throat> although, like I say, it's difficult to criticise because maybe there were underlying issues, I didn't get the sense watching him play that there was an, a real commitment to the cause there. And so I wasn't massively surprised for him to see him leave on a free, really. Now, um, one player they have added is one of my old favourites at Marseille, Tai Taiwo. Do you think he can add something for them in this league? Yeah, well, uh, funnily enough, uh, AFC have gone and bought two left-backs. Um, tai Taiwo was one, and then, you know, you're going from an AC Milan player, from AC Milan to Stevenage. And uh, not too often that you see two players from those clubs in the same in the same team. Um, but yeah, Tai Taiwo has, has joined from Lausanne in Switzerland and he's, he's getting on a bit now. Um, but also Andrew Fox has come in on, on a free transfer and his most recent club was Stevenage. He's, a, he's an Englishman as well. Um, perhaps Michael Jolly dipping into his contacts book there with a player that he may well know uh, fairly well. Um, they also have Janaid Mead as an Englishman as well. So they have a lot of competition there now in the left back areas, which is one area they needed to strengthen probably. Um, yeah, Tai Taiwo. I mean, we'll put on Twitter. Uh, we both talked about this before the pod, actually. His, uh, there's a video of his best goal for Marseille, uh, which is the team you support, isn't it, Steve? Mm. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a trip down memory lane, really, for both of us. Uh, yeah, with an interest in French football as well. Tai Taiwo is a, a legendary player, really. Um, <laughs> overall grade for AFC in this window? Yeah, and no, I was going to say, we'll post it on Twitter and some of the free kicks, you know, his ability from free kicks could be really pivotal to them. And Michael Jolly's praised his application and, and um, dedication to the cause already, which bodes well. But yeah, it's a tough ask for them. Razak's come back in as well. And they've got a few sort of unknown players, maybe, from clubs like Roland JC and Spartak Nalchik. Uh, it's difficult to grade them. A lot of players have left as well. And it's hard to say how players I haven't personally seen before will fit in. Most of them free transfers. 
Uh, so I'm going to give them a C. Okay. Um, well, Hamstrad. B B B plus B minus because Tywo is is that is that big of a signing in my opinion? Oh, he's 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 still got it, you know. He's still got it. <clears throat> I mean, I think if he's anywhere near the level he was at at Marseille or Milan, he's going to tear the offense can to pieces. I mean, he's it'll be interesting to see him play. I think that's a real he's a legend. Sure, yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll he'll actually do something for them. Halmstad, they um they're obviously in relegation trouble as well. Um um I I've heard that they've struggled in this window, John. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean I, I fear for them in terms of what they've done recently. I think they funnily enough, they, they smashed um I think it was Yon Shopping. Six one. Uh about a week or two ago. And the signs look really, really encouraging for them at that point in time. You know, they they, they battered them. I mean, it was 4-0 inside about 15, 20 minutes. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, yeah, 4-0 in 20 minutes. A few of their debutants came in and did well. You know, new players, Orimo, um bagged a brace. And Gunn as well came, you know, did well and scored a goal in that game. And, yeah, things look to be on the up for them. But since that game, they've then gone on to lose one of their key players in midfield, Ivo Pukowski who's gone to Oxford United. He's joined up with Pep Clotet, who is the manager there. Uh, he was previously at Swansea with uh, Gary Monk and also at League United. And he's he's branched off now to be a manager in his own right at Oxford. And um, he was actually at Malmo as well before as an assistant there. And Pukowski was at Malmo at the time. So those two have kind of linked up again. Unfortunately, as soon as Pukowski went there, he's injured himself and there's thoughts he may be out for several months, which is a real shame because he's had a you know, his personal issues in himself and um, it was a, a really big opportunity for him and a fresh start. But um, as well as that, they've lost Sayed Haksabanovic, who is the 18-year-old um, left midfielder. Unfortunately, we never got to do a talent focus on him. Uh, we never never managed to do it one in time and he has left. He's one of the, as I mentioned on previous podcasts, he's one of the star you know, young players of the Svenskan and West Ham have picked him up. Uh, he played in the under-21s game uh, this evening, in fact, and... Um, you know, he, he he won't go into the squad immediately, I don't think, the first team squad, but you know, the challenge there will be, you know, for him to establish himself in a Premier League team. But, you know, the argument that would maybe all Spence can football for six more months have been more beneficial than twenty three's football. But um yeah, they've lost they've lost a few players, I think, uh, which is a is a concern. Frederick Olsen as well, who wasn't really doing too well, but you know, still another body gone. So I think Aktabanovic and Pukowski, that, that's a blow to their midfield. But um yeah. So a poor overall grade for this window for Halmstad. Well, I wouldn't say poor because Gunnlaugsson looks decent in the game I saw against Jon Shopping. Odemore's already bagged a few goals and he's had a you know a storied history. Uh, he come from Geffle, but he's also played for other teams in the Allsvenskan before. Thirty year old, so you know Pontus Silva's coming from Jondalen. I don't know if you know much about him in the Swedish, sorry Norwegian second division. Um, but some of their players are hard to judge, but I think. At this stage of the season, when you're second and bottom, you know you you don't want to be losing your your key men and you you know you your sort of leaders in your in your dressing room. So that is a worry for them, and you know I'd, I'd probably grade them around uh, you know a C. Now, uh, Kalmar have done really well recently; three wins in the last four games. Have they been pretty active in this uh, summer window, John? Yeah, they've been very active actually, and you know Nana Bergstrand, the new manager, has gone in there and. Uh, looked at things and changed a, f- a fair amount of things, to be honest. And 
he's, he's, he's done fairly well since he's gone in there. They've climbed up to the 13th now. So, you know, there's, there's some positive signs for them. But obviously the 6-0 win, uh, defeat to Malmo was, was a real blow for them. Uh, they've come in and bought, he's bought, a, you know, a handful of players. Um, Harmeet Singh's come in on a free transfer. He's a Norwegian. Uh, I don't know if you know much about him. Yeah, I think we talked about him briefly in one of the previous pods, didn't we? He's an uh, ex-Molder player. Pretty solid signing, if you ask me. Yeah. So, yeah, eight, eight players have come in. Um, some of them have returned from loan deals, but uh, and four have left. Svante Ingelsen has gone to Udinese, as we mentioned. And Ishmael Silva, I think, is, is, a, is, a, is a bit of a loss for them. Brazilian player who's gone to Russia, Akmat Grozny. But in general, uh, they seem to have, you know, Romario looks fairly decent. Um, Jonathan Ring has come in from, from Turkey. So, you know, they've, they've bought a few players who could well boost them. And things look fairly promising for them under Bergstrand. So, yeah, they've window. not done too well. Good window for Kalmar, by the sounds of it. Um, now, two teams, two other teams that are in relegation, uh, potential relegation trouble, Yunchaping and Sunsval. Which are those two teams um, that's done the best bit of business uh, in this uh, summer window, John? Between who, sorry? John, yeah, Young Shipping and Sunsval. Well, Sunsval have, have not uh, done any business. Uh, so, um, by <laughs> default, I suppose you'd have to award it to Young Shipping. But I actually think these two have done, they, well, they've done the least business of any of the teams in the, in the league. Uh, Sunsval haven't bought anybody. Um, just had a few players return from loan. Loans, nobody's left, which could be looked at as a positive, but they, I think they needed to reinforce, if I'm honest. I think they, I think they're a candidate to go down, actually. I think they're gonna, they're gonna have to, you know, they're, they're 14th at the moment, they're, they've got 16 points, uh, they're in a sort of relegation playoff zone. They're gonna have to rely on the squad they've got, which isn't too bad, but you know, you can always do with the re- reinforcements at this stage, potentially. Uh, and the old shopping, they were absolutely hopeless against the Halmstad in that six-one defeat. I've, I've never, I've never seen such a poor display. I must be honest; it was one of the worst displays, really. Uh, they've since kind of, you know, lost at home to Orebro as well, so they're slipping down the table quite drastically, actually. Um, and with only a two-point gap from Sundsvall in that fourteen, you know, in that third-bottom spot, they, they're struggling. Uh, they've only brought in one player uh, or two players, actually. Sorry, Olsen. Um, and sort of aging centre forward from Halmstad, who didn't really do too much for them, and uh, a player called Anton Andreasen from Pro Patria on a free uh, defensive midfielder. So, you know, I don't know too much about that player. I must admit, Olsen in the games he played for Halmstad didn't do too much. So, yeah, the jury's out on their business. I wouldn't give it a, a high grading at all. Let's just move up towards the mid table, and we've got Hammerby. Elfsborg and Urebra, of these three teams, which has been the most significantly active uh, this summer? Well, yeah, I want to touch on Hammerby because they've been extremely active. Um, they've, they've, they've really regenerated their whole, whole squad almost, really. Uh, there's been a lot of ins and outs. Tor Steinberg, as we mentioned, gone to Viking. Um, quite a few of their players have left. Adu went to Genk. Uh, Magyar, the centre-back, went to Grote Fourth in, in Germany. Uh, they've lost a few others as well. So, But they've been very active in, in the in incomings. I think the, one of the biggest deals of the whole window was getting Muammar Tankovic, who Fulham fans listening may know him. Uh, he was at AZ Alkmaar most recently, but he's um, he's been at Fulham and he's a Swedish under-21 international. Uh, and he's a decent player, young player. 
uh, I think that's quite a coup, to be honest. I think he could do well. Uh, Oscar Cruznell as well has come in from Sunderland as a young player, uh, teenage teenage left back. Uh, and a couple of players are coming from Norway and Denmark. I don't know if you know much about Sanders Svensson. Yeah, I know plenty about Sanders Svensson from Molde, a really good versatile attacker. Uh, can play on either wing, uh, even uh, in midfield, striker. Um, and, you know, he's young and he's got good potential and he's, he's the sort of player that Mulder probably didn't really want to lose. Um, I think he's got uh, every chance to go well for, for Hammerby. Yeah, I mean, it, overall they've brought in eight players and um, their their sporting director has actually, um, you know, Jesper Jensen's come out and sort of given analysis of all of them and said that, you know, they're looking towards the future now, really. I mean, for a team like Hammerby, I'd say next season starts here, really. They, you know, the league's over here now. So I think this has really been done with next season in mind. They're looking to the future now. And I think their philosophy probably is to bed these players in uh, for sort of, you know, five, six months, two, three months, sorry, before the end of the season. Um, and then go into next season and sort of flying with a fully integrated squad. So I think they've done some forward planning on this one. And I think that's quite intelligent, actually. And yeah, for a lot of the new signings are quite positive and been talking about perhaps challenging for the title next season. So, yeah, Hammerby have been very active and I think their fans have every right to be to be fairly excited with their, their signings. Um, Will Ann's coming from Malmo as well, the keeper, and yeah, they've, you know, Jeppe Anderson, and yeah, I think their eight signings look f- fairly fairly good. So, of the bottom eight teams currently in the Aus uh, uh who will you give your gold, silver and bronze awards to uh, for the best business in this window? Well, I think Elsborg, they're another one. They, they, they had their returning hero. And by the way, they're on a really bad run of form at the moment. Uh, they're slipping down the table drastically. Um, I don't think they've done enough business to to really sort of push into the top six. So they, they I'm going to rule them out. I'm going to rule Gustunswell out because they haven't done much, I don't think. I'm going to rule uh, Huon Shopping out. I think Kalmar, jury's out on them. AFC, I think jury's out on them as well. I think in the bottom eight, Hammerby in my, my number one. I think they've done enough to maybe now push up that table and um, you know maybe get back to where they kind of fans think they belong. Uh, Audible, they haven't really done a huge amount. Uh, I can't see, you know, they're, they're in, in the situation they're in. I think they'll be fine. I think they actually are quite a decent team on a day. They brought in a couple of players, a Nigerian striker uh, called Isaac Boy and a, a Finnish player as well. Um, haven't really lost any key players, in my opinion. Uh, Divine Nair was a, is a Manchester City player, but he he didn't really do a huge amount on loan, so he's gone back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Hammerby, clear, clearly number one for me. Mm. I think AFC, if they're signing gel, just the tie effect, probably give them uh, a place on the podium. And I will also stick my neck out and say I think Halmstad's signings could come good and help them push up the table. Okay, brilliant. All right, we'll take a little bit of a break now. Um, and after the interval, we're going to be talking about the top eight teams uh, in each uh, division, how they've got on in the summer transfer window. And then also, we have got a uh, guest um, interview at the end uh, with the previous against Ajax.
Welcome to part two of this week's show. We are doing a transfer special here. We are reviewing every single team uh, in both leagues. So that is 16 times two. If your math is good, you'll know how many teams that is. And uh, we're going to now push on to the upper reaches of the table. We're analysing this from bottom to top. And Steve, we're going to pick up now with the top eight of the Elite Assyrian. And we're going to look at which teams have done the best business which teams are best placed now to push on for their to reach their goals and which teams maybe you know have you know fallen behind in the in the pecking order maybe and and have got some catching up to do in terms of transfer business so let's start off with Stroms Godset who are in that mid table position give us a little bit of uh, Stroms Godset chat well, we've not really talked a lot about Stroms Godset have we on the Nordic Football Podcast and um I think that's the first time I've ever said the name yeah, it's uh, quite astonishing for one of the bigger teams um, and who have one of the higher profile managers. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I did mention in the Eat My Short section they've gone, had gone really well since the summer break, two wins and they played much better. But I just looked at this team and I think they needed to do to bring more players in. Um, they've only brought in really a backup keeper um, and a few loan players coming back. Uh, they've actually lost players. Um, Tagba Jumi to Lillestrom as an example. I thought he was doing all right for them. I didn't really uh, see any need to move him on uh, on a loan. But uh, look, they've come back and they've played well. So maybe the manager would would argue with me saying, I don't really need to do much business. I just had the talent in there. It was just about pulling everyone together. I still think they needed to bring in um, some, some mid, midfield strength. But um, hey, let's see if they keep this good form up. But I mean, right now I'd give them about a C grade for this window, John, because uh, I, I just felt they needed, you know, at least to, to bring in a, a another player, if not for competition. Okay, what formation do they sort of play, and what what areas do you think they they needed to most strengthen in to be able to push up, you know, in that in that table? Well, I mean, it's been four one four one, or sometimes two up front. Um, their two best players have been uh, Arik Anderson on the on the wings and. Uh, Basil Uradi in, in in attacking midfield. They've they've run the show for for Strums Goodset this year. They I just think they lack quality in in behind them in in sort of right in central areas uh, like Kenning Hauger is uh, not doing enough. Francesco Juni is not doing enough this year. Bring a bit of competition in for them. The defence, to be fair, on paper should it should be doing better than it has done. Um, but uh, I think there's been some underperformers there. I'm just surprised he didn't opt to shape things up, but it seems like the approach at Goodser is basically to say to people, you're good enough to get us out of trouble uh, and prove it. And so far, I suppose they have done that after the summer window so far. Okay, so you're giving them a C. I mean, if you look at the table, they are kind of two points above 12th and three points behind, well, two points behind Sandefjord in fifth. I mean, based on their business so far, are they going up or down for the rest of the season? Based on business, I mean, I would say they're going to stick around the same sort of area. But if they're if they're key players who have been underperforming um, start to get back on track, then they have every chance to move back up the tables. I think the problem with Goodser is that key players just haven't hadn't been firing. But maybe now they will fire in the second half of the season. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that, Steve. Uh, let's look up now into the top seven, and we have Starbeck, Haugesund, and one of my teams. I quite like Haug. And Sandefjord, they are seventh, sixth, and fifth. Let's analyse their transfer business. And of those three teams, which do you think have done best so far? 
uh, for me, Sanderfield. I'm going to come to them in a minute because I'll start with Starbeck and. Uh, They've lost El Hadji Barthes Osho, a defensive midfielder who started nearly every game for them. That was rather early on in the transfer window. So, uh, But they've not replaced him, really, apart from John Hussater coming in from Rosenborg. But they need to do more than that. My big concern with Starbeck is I think they're going to lose Oe Omoyawamfo before the end of August. And if they're not careful, they're going to lose him and they're not going to bring anyone in to properly replace him. Yeah, they've got this guy in Rubio Rubin from uh, Silborg in uh, in Denmark. But look, oh, he's the top scorer in the league. He's been a massive part for them. And uh, the, I can't believe they'll keep him. So he'd, he'd probably go you know, towards the end of the English transfer window time. And it's too late then, isn't it, to bring someone in. So I would have liked to have seen them sold him already and replaced him already. So I'm going to have to give them a C grade, I think, John. That really concerns me about that one. Okay, I'm looking at the uh, top assist providers in, in the Elite Serian for this season so far, and I see a name, uh, Luke Cassie, who is at Starbeck. Tell yeah. us about their business, and are they? Do they have any hopes of keeping him, or has he already, in fact, left? Or where? What's what's his situation? And is he the key to them maybe pushing up that table, um, um, maybe challenging for the top four? Good player, good player. Yeah, he, um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the absolute key, um, but. Uh, He's one of the players who uh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. They're going to keep hold of him. Keep hold of him, I would imagine. Um, Starbeck will be all right. They'll finish around mid-table. Um, but every time they have a good player on their books, they always end up losing them. Uh, reminded me uh, when Diamande went to Hull City a couple of years ago, around this time of year. Um, they 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 do sort of get lose a lot of their best talent and. Uh, Moving on to um, to the next team, Horgerson. There's been quite a bit of action here. They've lost a key man, Philip uh, Kiss. He's a very uh, very strong midfielder for them, and uh, it was quite a concern that he's uh, left the club. But they've they've replaced him, and they always bring in guys who I've never heard of. I've got to be honest with you, Horgerson. And they've got a couple of uh, midfielders coming in from uh, the Polish league: Jakub Serafin and Alexander Gowaczewicz. Um I've heard good things about them. I can't say I've uh, I know an awful lot about them myself, but um, it's typical Augustine. They bring in guys uh, who uh, not a lot of people have heard of, and they do pretty well. Uh, so they brought in uh, also a centre back, Marco Kosic, and they needed a centre back. They had lacked centre back depth all year, so that should go well. Uh, also leaving the club, Eric uh, Husklep, an experienced uh, winger who I, I had him down as a pretty good bench guy in this league. A lot of skill. Somehow, a team in the uh, Obos Ligaean have managed to acquire him on loan, uh, Asane. Uh, cracking deal for them, I've got to say. Um, surprised that uh, Augustin let him go, but he wasn't, for me, a starter for them anyway. So, um, yeah, apart from losing Philip Kiss, they've looked like they're signs of good players. Solid um, window for them so far. You'll be pleased to know, John, because I know you quite uh, like that club, don't you? Yeah, I don't mind them. And, uh, you know, it sounds like there's a long kiss goodnight for, uh, for their, one of their players there, Kiss. Uh, how's my how's my man doing in midfield? Yes, doing very well. He's actually, he actually captained the last game, uh, Bruno Leiter. You'll be pleased to know he's uh, come on from strength to strength. I like him. Yeah, nice. Well, good stuff. So you're giving Halga a B plus there? Yeah, B plus. <laughs> uh, but I think the team um, that have done better than them is actually Sanderfield. Um, they've. Uh, well, they had a very active window in terms of not just players they've signed, but links. And obviously, Diego Forlan was the big 
link to the club, but that didn't happen. But I think looking at it, it's probably a good thing it didn't because he was going to cost them quite a lot of money. They were going to break the bank for him uh, or certainly the funding required to get him was going to be something stupid for this league. So I think it's probably a good thing that Forland didn't come, although I'm sure he, he might have done a better job than certain people uh, might have imagined despite his age. Um, but yes, three good signings, I would say, for Sanderfjord. For starting at the back, uh, Crescendo van Berkel, a Dutch player from Telstar, uh, looks a good player, a good technical player. Uh, he should improve their defence. And then Carlos Grossmuller, the ex-Schalke uh, guy, he's come in um, from Uruguay. Um, he hasn't started a game yet, but he's already had two assists off the bench. And the same uh, for another Uruguayan striker, Facundo Rodriguez, 21-year-old from Peñarol. Um, and he's uh, scored uh, a goal already. Uh, again, he's not even started a match yet, come off the bench. But yeah, they look like two really good, three really good technical players for Sanderfjord. And it's really bolstered their squad from a technical point of view. You could say that's perhaps something they lacked a bit. And Yeah, sounds interesting. I mean, I noticed that they've got a minus four goal difference and they're in fifth. So, yeah, maybe technique is what they need at this moment in time. I mean, let, let's push up to the top four. I mean, well, I don't know if you have any closing comments on Sandyfield because it sounds like you've got a high rating for them. But no, nothing else to say, really. Just simply, it's been a really good window for Sandefjord. And it's no surprise to me that they've started uh, the second half of the season uh, in, in flying form, A-grade. A-grade it is. Uh, and that's joining Lillestrøm then. as two of the best uh, teams this window in Norway. Right, let's push to the top four. There is a 10-point gap between Molde in fourth and Rosenborg in first. And between them, sandwiched, is Bran and Sarpsborg. Let's look at their transfer dealings, starting with Molde. What's Oligarch been up to? Well, Mulder have been plenty of ins and outs here. Uh, they've lost uh, Sanders Svensson to Hammerby, like we discussed, £500,000. I think it's about a fair price. I think ideally you want to keep a player like that, that age. Uh, they've lost uh, a few of the players on loan and stuff like that. The big signing coming in, Christopher Teller from North Shipping. He looks a really good signing. Vegard Furren, who has a, a high market value. He's coming from Brighton. Obviously, he was with the club before. And now he's coming back in. Really, if he performs to the level he's done in the past in this league, he should be one of the best defenders in the whole elite Italian. So, yeah, he looks um, like a good signing. A couple of other guys, uh, Ibrahimi Vaji, a right winger. They've brought in a backup keeper, Matthias Ramark, who sadly doesn't look very good right now. He cut an error cost him at the weekend um, against Rosenborg. But uh, it looks to have had a bit of a mixed bag, really. Mold. Some good signing players coming in, but perhaps lost... A couple like Sanders Svensson, who ideally you'd want to keep. So I think um, sort of a solid grade for Mulder. Maybe a, a B, I think, overall. Maybe a B plus uh, because Teller and Foran look like really good signings. Okay, yeah. And listeners, uh, they can if they want to download the podcast on iTunes, you can listen to the last pod and we discuss Christopher Teller in some detail uh, for any Mold fans who want to know more about him uh, because he came from the Swedish League. Um, Bran, moving on to them. I see on their page no arrivals. Nothing. Yeah, not, not not much to say about Brand. Nothing in, and uh, they've just lost someone on loan, uh, a bit part player. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do on the last day of the day of the window. They're the sort of club that don't really need to do a lot of business because they're a pretty settled team, um, and they I think they prefer to do a lot of their business in the um, in the winter. So uh, I think I'm going to give them about a B or a C grade uh, because it's not the worst thing. They're not signing players. They've not lost anyone so far. Good stuff. So, yeah, solid, solid for Brand. Sarpsborg, they've lost um, Tronsden to uh, Rosenborg, but they've got a good fee for him. One and a half. 
before we go into Salzburg quickly, just uh, Brandon Mulder on the same level of points, but Brandon have done very little business, if any, and Mulder have done quite a lot of business. Who would you tip to finish higher out of those two teams, just quickly, maybe in a word or a sentence? Mulder, I think, just. Nice. Now to the top two, then. Salzburg, like you said, what have they done to allow them to challenge Rosenborg, if anything? Well, they've actually uh, helped out their rivals by selling uh, Anders uh, Tronsten um, to them for uh, one and a half million um, pounds, which is actually, I think, quite a good bit of business for Sarpsborg. Um, he's not worth that much, in my personal opinion. So the key is how they're going to reinvest that money now. Um, as of now, they haven't signed anyone. I'm not sure they need to because they're not going to win the league. Let's be real. They're not going to win the league this year. So really, for me, it's all about the future. And they're the sort of club in the future I think could challenge Rosenborg with a good winter window coming up uh, and stuff like that. So whether or not they get anyone on the last day, I don't know. At the moment, they've, they've not signed anyone of note in this uh, window. They've lost uh, well, they lost Erton Fejudilla to uh, Kalmar. I think we talked about him on the uh, couple of podcasts ago. But, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Tronston to Rosenborg at the moment. I mean, I think you've got to consider it a negative. It's helping your rivals, but realistically, they weren't going to win the title. They've got good money for him. So I'd give them about a C grade for this window. Okay, and finally, let's move on to the champions, the big guns. <coughs> We're going to talk about them in some detail in uh, the preview coming up. Uh, but let's touch on their transfer business, and I hear they've done some a big one of the biggest deals of the window. Yeah, obviously uh, Anders Tronson for one and a half million pounds, and also Samuel Adding Bedro, same price from Viking. I think this is a real snip. He's one of the top players in the whole league. I think Viking should have been getting at least two million for him. So they've signed two players at a really good age who are going to get better. They'll probably end up selling them for an even bigger profit down the line. At the same time, they're weakening rivals in the elite Assyrian. Um, they brought in Jonathan Levy from Usters in uh, Sweden, 800,000. That looks a little bit overpriced, but um, maybe another young lad who's got potential. And Morton Conradson from Buda Glimt in the second league, another youngster. This is what Rosenborg do. They develop players like that. Um, so I've got to give them an A grade simply by getting adding Benro, one of the best players in the league, um, they pretty much assured themselves of the title. And going forward down the line, um, you know, they just look like the dominant team uh, in Norway. A lot. Some people are saying, oh, they need to do more to challenge in Europe, but they don't care about that. They just want to win their own domestic league every year, and, and this is the, the formula that they're going to have to do it. Great stuff then. So let's wrap this up. You've got two A-grades there. Who are on your podium? You've got Sanderfjord, Rosenborg and who's in the bronze? Yeah, Sanderfjord and Rosenborg. I can't really determine between those two teams who's, who's the best. I'm probably going to give it to Sanderfjord simply because they've got less resources, you know. Um, so Sanderfjord, Rosenborg and I would say, um, let's say Horgesund because uh, they always seem to bring in uh, players um, of good quality um, at any time of the year, really. Fantastic. So, looking at the whole league in general before we move on, it's Rosenborg, Sandefjord number one, Rosenborg, Lillestrom, who looked the best, uh, with some positive marks for Haugesund, Mulder and Viking. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're, they're definitely the best. They've uh, done the best business in this window so far. Let's move on to um, the top eight in, in Sweden then, John. And uh, what team that's been up and down like uh, anything this year, IFK, um, Gothenburg, a very busy window, I hear. 
Yes, it reminds me of the famous line in The Godfather. You know, just just when uh, I thought they were out, they pulled me back in. Uh, and they are, yeah, every time you think they are doomed and they're a complete total mess and everything's going to fall apart and the whole club's going to crumble, they come back and uh, come back fighting. An example of that was this weekend. Uh, and they pulled off a, a 2-1 win at Elfsborg. And they're, push, they're pushing up now towards mid-table. They also beat ARK with 1-0 down. So they're now eighth in the table. And yeah, their business has been, um, I would say, fairly good. Uh, it look, the signs look positive. I mean, it was a lot of doom and gloom having lost you know, some of their key players. And there was a lot of worries about where they're going. And in their, they've got something like 14 players on outgoing contracts. Um, and some of those have left. But they've been scouting fairly well. Replaced them with some decent players. Vajibar Sakor, I think, who played in Norway. Uh, he's on loan from Juventus. He's looked good. Uh, and you know they've got Billy Nordstrom's come back from from his loan spell at Varberg Boys, and he's looked fairly decent at left back. You know, um, Adekugbe has also done okay. Um, so yeah, they've they looked. You know, Christopher de Graca's come from Arsenal. Uh, he had a trial at Hacken actually across the road, but didn't quite make it. And uh, EF Core picked him up. Um, I think it's always going to be difficult losing the amount of players they've lost, and I think the loss of Henrik Bjordal is actually a tough one he was on loan from Brighton and I thought he did fairly well uh, and just in terms of squad depth it doesn't help um, Biasmir obviously is an obvious one and Albeck as well um, but but all in all I think they've just about steadied the ship they're, they're budget cutting they're going to rely on their youth a bit more this season I think so uh, going forward so um, yeah I don't think it's as bad as perhaps people have made out and the, the doom mongers the doom merchants haven't quite had their way yet based on results so um, I think the jury's maybe still out, but not as bad as you know, first feared. Mm. Now the um, actually the, the, between second and eighth from the table, there's only five point gaps, so there's a lot of teams congested in this area. Um, one side that we thought were going to be sort of a big challenger to Malmo this year potentially was Norshipping, but they've they've nosedived in in recent weeks, and I, I do believe you're not too impressed with their transfer dealings, John. I no, and they've come under a lot of pressure, really. The manager's been under real pressure. Uh, the club in general, yeah, like you say, they've nosedived down to, to sixth. Uh, they looked before the summer window shut that they'd be the ones who'd challenge Malmo, but they are now well behind them, 15, 16 points behind them, so they're not coming anywhere near them uh, this season. And it's actually, in my opinion, it's been a real shame because they, they were a the team who you would have looked at and thought they, they look fairly well-placed. But the basic, I think basic economics have, have, um, have, have weighed in here. And they've just had to sell certain players. There have been some bids too good to turn down. Uh, the top of this top assist provider in the division, Niklas Eliasson, has gone to Bristol City for around £2 million, £1.8 million or so. You know, you can't turn down that kind of money, really, uh, for a club like North Shopping. So they've lost him. I always thought it was a big loss for them losing Niklas Barkroth, who went to Poland. Uh, it's affected their balance. You know, now they've lost their left side, the right side. Uh, you know, in out, in out, shake it all about. Really, uh, Tello's gone. That's you know, knocked them again. Um, and I think they suffered for that. You know, they, the results have not been good. And yeah, I think they, although they've made a fairly, fairly decent amount of income from this window, um, and they've got a player in from Wallerenga, a keeper, but um, Fouch, I think he's called. But uh, yeah, I think you know, it's it's a worrying time for North Shopping, and I think they're going to have to settle for a lower position than maybe originally thought. Yeah, two exciting sides, um, Ossersunds and Hacken. Um, how would you say they fared in this uh, summer window? 
Well, yeah, Hacken are an interesting one because uh, on the one hand, they've done one of the deals at the window in bringing in Ahmed Yassin, who's an Iraqi player. Um, and he has come in and scored four goals in five games. And he's been a real key player. He's on loan, but he uh, he was playing in the Qatar Stars League earlier this season. He's come back to Sweden now uh, from AIK. And yeah, he's he's flying, absolutely flying. And uh, yeah, he's a decent player, actually. Um, but on the other hand, they've lost Squadran Maholi to Sirius. They let him go. They brought him in. I think he was a top scorer in the Super Essen last season. And uh, he, they signed him from Halmstad. And uh, they didn't give him any games. And he, he's gone to Sirius now. And he scored four goals in five games. So... <laughs> Four in, four out, really. And uh, Maholi, I think, has really... They've missed a trick there, not giving him any games. I know they've got players in that position up front. Um, Kamara's obviously a main man there. But they kind of missed a trick on that one. So I'd say the balance overall is positive. And they've got a player from Watford called Matthias Ranigi who could, could do fairly well too. Um, but I just think losing Maholi... I think that was a questionable bit of business, really, they letting him go. Uh Especially when you think, well, why did they bring it by him in the first place if you're not going to start him in any games? Yeah. So, uh, but can I just mention with Hacking, their youth system, and I'd like to give a bit of a shout out to Kevin Ackerman, who became the fifth youngest player to ever appear in a, a Swedish football game um, in the top division. He came on at the weekend, and he's only uh, 16, I believe, just turned 16 or so. Um, maybe even younger, actually. I think he's, yeah. But yeah, he's a very young player. And I've seen him play for their 19s, under 19s, and their U teams. And he's he looks like he's going to be a really, really, really exciting prospect. So um, Hacken, although they might not do much business, they've got a good enough U system to um, to pad their squad. And um, now, as we move into the top four, um, I know there's been quite a bit of business done here. Um, Aik, they've uh, really, really bolstered themselves, haven't they, in, in, in the last month? Okay, yeah. Uh, for me, they are the number one undisputed A-grade. They're the only A-grade that I'm saying with absolute certainty. Um, I think they have recruited excellently. I think they really need to have a pat on the back, in my personal opinion. Although losing to EF Corps was a bit of a uh, surprise result, in my opinion. That game was obviously called off because of the match fixing, which we discussed in an early pod, but it was replayed. And uh, yeah, but they, they for me, have, have really, you know, we talked about it. I think for at least two or three pods <laughs> saying that they needed to strengthen up front and they've, they've done exactly that. I think getting Chinadu Abassi back is a, is a masterstroke. Uh, I think Stefanelli, you know, he's listed as one of the most valuable players in the league already. And the early signs are positive for him, you know, with those two up front that, and also you don't forget, you've still got, um, uh, you know, other players there. Um, they, they, they looked have really, really strengthened. They've cleaned out some of the dead wood in, in terms of Kerpich and others. Um, and yeah, just I think every position they've needed to strengthen, they've done. Linkfist has come in, it looks good. So yeah, for me, they're they're a clear A grade, Steve. And I think they they could be the ones now to to maybe challenge uh, going forward. And uh, the team's still up there right now. Uh, serious. Uh, it seems like they are serious about uh, maintaining their push uh, in the top half of the table this year. Uh, we mentioned the Maholi there. You think he's going to be an excellent piece of business, don't you? Yeah, so it's an A grade for AIK, and I th although I wouldn't say it's maybe perhaps an A grade, but I just can't, I can't praise Sirius enough. I really can't. Kim Bergstrand, the job he's done there is phenomenal, and you know, I think the one of the things I always look at in terms of a good club, a well-run club or a good manager, 
is being able to attract players who have been overlooked by other teams and then, you know, polish them and get them performing. And that's exactly what they've done with Shkodran Maholi. He's gone there and he's flying, you know, he look, he's big and strong. He's come in and said, look, I'm hungry here. I've sat on the bench for six months at Hacken and, you know, I'm chomping at the bit and he's, he's, he's you know, he's proved himself already with four goals. Um, you know, he's a bit of a poacher there. He's, he's, he's got goals in him. Uh, he's, he's already praised the manager saying he's given him bags of confidence. He doesn't look any more frustrated and, and sort of moping around as he did, he did in, in Gothenburg with Hacken. Uh, Elias Anderson as well, I mentioned, I, I saw him play once for Weibull and didn't really see much, but he's looked good already. Uh, good set-piece taker, he's on free kicks, got a bit of a, a powerful left foot. Uh, and they've also brought in Zacharias Fowler from Manchester City, who at one point was rated as one of the most exciting players in, in, in the region. Um, when, he, when he went to Manchester City, you know, for obvious reasons, when a club that big comes in. But he hasn't really worked, hasn't really worked out for him in, in Manchester. And he's gone now to Sirius and... He's 19, and he, they look to have picked up a bit of a coup there as well. So, um, yeah, really good business. The only negative, perhaps, is losing Kingsley Safer, of course, but that was always going to happen. Uh, and they brought some money in for that, so that keeps them going, and they, they're still, you know, why not finish top three? Very good window. The top two, uh, Jorgon and Malmo. Um, talk a bit about them there, John. I will do. Uh, Jorgon are second in the league, and, you know... Um, their manager, Oskan, Mick and Milchel has done quite well there. Uh, they're still pushing. They've been, in a way, quite quiet, actually. It's quietly going about racking up wins. Uh, their fans want them to win the derbies, which they haven't done. But, you know, they that them aside, they're doing all right. I think it's unrealistic for them to challenge Malmo. They're 13 points behind. But uh, I think getting Gustav Engvall back from Bristol City on loan was was an important bit, 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 bit of business. Um, so... I'm going to give them, although they haven't done much business, to be honest, I'm going to give them a sort of a, a B, a B grade, just for just for the keeping Engval really, uh, and not losing too many of their key players. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, an understated part of it. Sometimes teams who aren't active, they're still doing quite well, really, because they didn't need to do anything, and often keeping players, keeping important players, is obviously very important as well. But but Malmo, they're so far clear. The big disappointment is they got knocked out of Europe so early. Um, I mean, they're just absolutely loaded, aren't they, this team? Well, it's, it's a joke, to be honest, Steve. And I think, um, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to focus on them at some point soon because you may as well, you know, you may as well give out the title and, and send it on Amazon to them, really, because they are, you know, it's, it's done. Uh, and as if to rub salt in the wounds of every other, every other team in the league, their bit transfer business has also been top grade. I think arguably the best. Um, another A grade in my opinion uh, Bonky Innocent I'll ask you about him in a second um, nice name but uh, Kingsley Safa we've talked about before he's, he's a, you know, a no brainer really if you have the money uh, and they've brought him in I don't see why other teams perhaps didn't look at him you know the likes of Hammerby Your Garden maybe EFK why weren't they bringing in someone like that to maybe try and challenge Malmo rather than letting him them, I mean Malmo have got to the point now where they're basically just rotating their squad and, and resting players every week uh, and just, just chilling. You know, I mean, they're, they're in chill mode. They could play their reserve team and still, you know, walk this title. Um, you know, they, they're, they're rotating every single week now with quality players. Carlos Strandberg is another one. They've signed him from Club Bruges. Um, another one is a Swedish youth international, under 21. A powerful player, good striker. 
Um, and he's just going to strengthen them again. You know, Sibiki as well as an under-21 international. They, they've got him already, uh, along with Rosenberg, along with Jeremy Jeff, along with Joe Ingeberget. You know, they are just ridiculously stacked. And they've even got players like Matthias Vanberg, uh, a young player who comes in, you know, scores immediately, almost, uh, you know, a teenage player. And they've, they've brought a keeper from Midgetland. And yeah, I mean, their business is definitely A for me. So the top three... Um... Uh, clubs in the transfer window this summer in the top half of the table you go in AIK Sirius and Malmo yes um, I think I think Sirius and EF Koyotoburg are tied uh, and then yeah Malmo and AIK two A grades for sure brilliant well we've gone through all the teams uh, in this uh, window uh, big job there so uh, very much enjoyed uh, going through you with it, uh, John. Um, we've got the uh, interview with uh, Mikhail uh, Youngsma um, coming up uh, very soon, uh, previewing Ajax uh, against Rosenborg. Um, very quickly, Steve. A um, couple of words on bon- Bonky Innocent. Uh, just maybe a sentence. Is he, is he good for Mama? Well, you know what? It's, it's a really apt name, isn't it, that they brought him because literally uh, it sounds like Mama are completely screwing the whole league. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, Bonky Innocent, good player. I mean, I, the way I see him, he's just a backup guy at Malmo, surely. I can't believe he'll be a starter yet. Um, but I think they've overpaid for him, 800000 He's not worth that much. Uh, but it doesn't really matter, does it, for Malmo? They're just steamrolling everyone in the league. So, uh, yeah, good signing. Adds a lot of depth to them, doesn't he? Well, there's nothing innocent about the way Malmo romping this one. <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. It's... Uh, it's quite. I think we're going to do as you're going to do a team in focus um, of Malmo uh, fairly soon, um, so so the listeners can get a really good um, idea of exactly um, why they are so good, you know, and, and why they are dominating so much. So we're looking forward to that in uh, in the future. But uh, yeah, from uh, congratulations. congratulations just finally on Malmo series AIK, and yeah, like I said, um, those and Hammerby for their business, and some of them juries out. But yeah. Good, good section that enjoyed it and um, if anyone has any questions or wants to criticise us you can follow us at Nordic Footpod on Twitter and also you can hit us up on Facebook uh, Nordic Football Podcast uh, to ridicule us or say yes I agree with you yeah hope you all enjoyed that it was a bit of a uh, well a crazy section really that we've talked about 32 separate teams um, but hopefully people got um, some good informative opinions from that we're going to be back next week where we're going to be uh, sort of a more traditional centred podcast I think John we're going to have players in focus again teams in focus uh, in more detail and of course all the latest news from the Elite Serian and Arsvenskan but next up on this episode is an interview with uh, Dutch expert Mikael Jongsma as we discuss uh, Rosenborg against Ajax so I'll leave you with that section now Joining us now on the Nordic Football Podcast is a very special guest and a personal friend of mine, uh, Michiel Jongsma. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, my Dutch isn't always the best, but uh, Michiel, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you That's are good, good enough for me, Jonathan. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, you are, like I said, a, a writer for Just Football and also uh, work for Opta, uh, Opta Johan and Benefoot as well, the man behind Benefoot, which is a, a brilliant website on uh, Belgian and, and Dutch, uh, sorry, yeah, Dutch football. Um, and we're delighted to have you on, on the show. How are you, Mitchell? Um, quite well, thank you for, for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, we, we go way back and it's lovely to, to talk in a, in a semi-professional uh, environment for once. 
yeah any opportunity to speak to you basically i had to grasp it uh, with both hands so yeah it's really really good to hear from you mate and uh we are going to talk about the upcoming game in in the nordic league which is rosenberg ajax which was the tie tie of the round really in the in the scandinavian region uh so we thought who better to tell us about ajax than yourself so i'm going to start with you and steve's going to tell us about Rosenborg himself and any Dutch listeners maybe you want uh, to know more about their opponents um, but we're going to start with you Mitchell uh, tell us about Ajax you know they were at Europa League finalists last season and tell us about everything that's happened sort of since then to now well in, in short when it was uh, May 24 uh, late afternoon everything looked perfect everything looked up for Ajax they had a really talented squad a really great coach coming up in their first European final for over 20 years um, and uh, even though the defeat against Manchester United was, well, it was unavoidable, but it was a bit of a um, disappointment, of course. Things did really look up for them, but a few months later, uh, things have totally turned around. And Peter Boss has joined Borussia Dortmund because he had some fallouts with members of the staff, including Dennis Bergkamp, even though Bergkamp has since then uh, denied that a bit. But um, they've lost David Glasson, which was expected. They seem on the verge of losing Davinson Sanchez, which was unexpected, and Casper Dolberg is another one mentioned, uh, who might uh, join another club. Monaco is in the run for him. So, all in all, things have fallen apart, and the the overshadowing of it all has, has definitely been the tragedy uh, surrounding Abdelag Nuri, very, very talented playmaker, and uh, apart from just a really, really sound uh, little guy as well, uh, who suffered a heart attack and seems like he'll never even recognize his parents again so um very very rough um a few months for ix maybe even some of the roughest months in their west ray actually yeah i mean i, I saw about that and it's a really tragic situation i've seen the ix fans and, and the players and you know they're sort of inconsolable at times and the, the family understandably a really tragic situation i mean how how much do you think they'll be affected by that per, on a personal level? I mean, I saw that they they lost at the weekend. Am I right in saying? Yeah, they did. Uh, I, to, to, I mean, so far the season, when you look at the football itself, it hasn't gone uh, exactly according to plan either. I mean, they've they uh, they lost out to Nice in two draws, uh, uh, lost on away goals for the Champions League preliminaries, and um, then the away game against the Eagles. They were the better side, but they couldn't really um, uh, get it over the line and. Um, I mean, the Abdullah Nuri story is what has dominated Dutch media more than anything. And you could probably see that um, this weekend as well, where uh, a lot of footballers from other teams were actually putting up three and four fingers uh, as a tribute to number 34, uh, the squad number of Nuri. Uh, but that shouldn't that shouldn't um, completely um, um, get the attention away from what they've done so far. And it hasn't been a lot. I mean, they've got a lot of money in the bank, over 100 million euros. Uh, which is for a Dutch club is, is ridiculous, and they haven't really spent any of it. Uh, Clash and Antelier has been the only signing so far of name. They've signed a couple of goalkeepers, and they've just signed a right back actually from Colombia. And um, against the English, you could see that that a lot of the good work that had been done last season was uh, mainly Peter Boss's his stubbornness and, and his tactics uh, to, to get everything organized because mm. they do look a bit of a more gung-ho even uh, and, um, well, a bit, a bit less creative side, actually. Sounds like maybe it could be the opportune time for Rosenberg to play them. I'm going to switch it to you, Steve. Um, you know, let's start with, obviously, Rosenberg fell out of the Champions League against Celtic. How, what's the reaction been like in, in Norway? 
famous name in, in football, really. Um, I'm sure everyone would probably agree with that. What's the kind of atmosphere like in Norway towards this game? Is there excitement or is it kind of disappointment to have not qualified for the Champions League? Well, no one expecting to really get past um, Celtic. And um, I think it was a bit of a surprise how competitive they were against Celtic, actually, John. Um, it's certainly getting a draw at uh, Parkhead. They played some tactics which you don't really associate with Rosenborg too often. Um, they defended well and they counter-attacked uh, with threat. Um, in the home leg, I think they probably gave Celtic a bit too much respect, actually, for, for 45 minutes. Um, and then in the second half, they, they came out pretty strong and were perhaps unlucky not to go ahead uh, before the, the, the goal that knocked them out, uh, knocked the stuffing out of them, really. They knew they weren't going to come from 1-0 down to win 2-1. So, yeah, I think they, um, they they can take a bit of encouragement out of uh, the Celtic tie, but I think Rosenborg would have hoped for a much better draw than this one. I mean, let's be honest, Ajax on paper, you know, they were the runner-up in the Europa League, weren't they? So the Dutch side are certainly the strong favourites here. From what I know about Ajax, um, you know, they're a far better technical team than Celtic. They've got a lot more pace about them than Celtic. And um, my initial feeling is that they're not a particularly great matchup for, um, for, for Ajax. And um, simply because I think Ajax are likely to, uh, to just attack them pretty hard. So it just sounds like that the weakness of the Dutch side is at the back uh, at the moment, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. go on, sorry. Probably um, yeah, yeah, it probably is. And uh, given the, the, I mean, the more physical strength of Rosenborg, they could actually uh, play in their hands because Ajax have been a bit unhinged at the back. Uh, Matthijs de Ligt has been playing for the last few few months for them, but he just turned 18 and he's still very prone to a mistake. Um, a more experienced striker like, like for example, Nicholas Bender is, is bound to, to at least get a few chances off of that. And um, in general, Ajax have been trying to like push up a bit and um, leave a lot of space behind their defence and if Rosenborg can get their counter-attack working, there's definitely going to be a lot of uh, chances there. Because I think when you look at the games they've played so far, it's, it's quite clear, as you say, I mean, they're a really good uh, side when it comes to technique and stuff, but they just really lack a bit of nows. And you could maybe blame it on uh, uh, lack of experience, which, which to an extent is obviously true. Uh, but on the other hand, it's also something that the coach doesn't bring with them because they have a very inexperienced coach at this level. Now, Ajax tend to be sort of recognised uh, around the world, really, for their kind of possession style and, and you know, the Cruyff school of football, really. Um, if we look this, to this to you, Steve, how, you know, how can Ajax, how can, sorry, Rosenberg break down Ajax's possession game? What are the, who are the key men, maybe, that could look to break that down? And what will the tactics be? Well, they're not going to be able to break down the possession game. They can forget about that. Uh, they need to be looking at this counter-attacking, um, uh, you know, and uh, the midfield is going to be very important. Mike Jensen... Uh, Conradson, Mitsio, they've got to, they've got to get it right. They've got to get the service to the likes of Nicholas Bentner, who who's actually been in reasonably good form the last couple of weeks. But they didn't provide enough service to him against Celtic, for example. Um, if they can get the ball to him, uh, he's the man. You know, he's a big name who who's got a bit of confidence right now, and he can maybe make things happen. Otherwise, they've just got to defend stoutly, like they did against Celtic at Parkhead. And, and hope to restrict Ajax in that way. Just hit them um, on the on the on the counter attack, really, yeah, John. I think that will be the tactic in both legs. Certainly in um, in, in 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 Ajax, um, that, that's for sure. In the second leg, if Rosenborg are trailing, then they might have to go for it uh, in, in a different sort of way. But um, I would expect them to uh, 
fundamentally set up for, as a counter-attacking threat. Uh, Mitchell, as, as you've mentioned, there's um, there's been a change of manager at Ajax, and obviously the club is always attractive to bigger, perhaps you know, financial teams who, who look to swoop on their players, as some have already left every class into Everton, for example. Um, how do we? Has there been any changes that we can expect from the new manager? How can we expect Ajax to look tactically? And second question: Are there any key players that we might not know about? Um, well, I mean, the, the key players have, have, have shown something of uh, their class last season. Obviously, with Hakim Ziyech for me being the standout one there. Casper um, Dolberg has been really impressive as well. But I think for a player like him to play against uh, uh, probably a, a bit more of a, a savvy, experienced side like Rosemore is actually a disadvantage because of the. If they rough him up a bit, they, then he'll probably just throw it out of the game immediately. Um, in general, yeah, he, I mean, Marcel Kaiser, he, he only had about 10 games as a top-tier manager behind his name when he got this job. And, um, I mean, he is he is an Ajax youth product as a, as a player, although he didn't really uh, make the grade there. And um, he, he has... I mean, he has good contacts with Dennis Bergkamp, which is probably one of the main reasons he's, he's actually in the job right now. When you look at the, the tactical differences, the the way the way they try to build up is a bit different. Um, I think they're asking um, a hell of more of, of Ziyech as well, and not in a good way because he's been cropping into midfield to be, uh, or into defence almost sometimes to become more of a playmaker, take over Lashishena's role, even though Lashishena is still in the team. Um, so... It, it all looks a bit imbalanced and it looks a bit more predictable than it did last season. And uh, he's taken quite the gamble by um, bringing in Justin Cloverford as the guy to replace Bertrand Traoré, who, who obviously went to Lyon uh, after Chelsea. Uh, so that's the best from them. And you, you can even even there you can you can see that the tactical discipline of the side is a bit different to 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 the one last season because uh, Justin Cloverford is a very talented player, but doesn't really try to pack in, in the disciplined manner that you want. A lot of emphasis comes on uh, a player like Joel Veltman. And, um, I mean, they've taken such a risk by playing a high line with Joel Veltman, who was originally a centre-back, and uh, Nick Fierger, who was originally a centre-back, as their full-backs as well. So, I mean, I'm actually quite surprised uh, about the lack of, of, of work they've done so far. And with Davison Sanchez at the moment, uh, will be close to... Uh, going on strike because he wants to force a move to to Tottenham Hotspur. That defense just looks very, very inexperienced, and I'm just really surprised that they haven't done anything to address that. Could be one for Bender to take advantage of. Then, I mean, let, let's wrap this up now. Then, I mean, obviously, I act as the heavy favourites here, but do you see well, any not, upset? And what's your prediction for this game? Not so sure they actually are. Uh, I mean, yeah, they are. They are the bigger club. They have the bigger budget. They probably have the more talented players as well. But when you look at the mess that they're in at the moment, and I mean, it, it might just need one lucky goal somewhere where they actually just relax a bit more and just play the game out. Um, I mean, that could maybe push them over 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 that edge. But in general, I think Rosenborg have a perfectly good chance to actually uh, make it through in this uh, uh, in this round. Interesting. And Steve, what are your concluding thoughts? Do you think that you know there's a possible chance for Rosenberg there? And do you have a prediction yourself? Yeah, I think the first leg in Amsterdam, I could see Ajax winning it something like two-one or three-one. And then, if that was to happen, I think the second leg Rosenberg would leave themselves too open, so Ajax would probably win the second leg then. But if, if Rosenberg are going to get stay in the tie, they cannot afford to be more than one goal down heading into the second leg. 
simple as that. In, in general, what, what is really uh, quite important to remember is that the Norris situation has made the previous home game of Ajax really emotionally charged. And uh, they actually conceded the goal within five minutes in that game, which is perfectly normal. I mean, all these guys know uh, uh, Nuri for ages, and they're, they're obviously really down. I don't know, but uh, for them, they should definitely make sure that they're not as um, shaken up as they, they looked in previous games. And um, it will be a big challenge for such a young side. Fantastic stuff, guys. Yeah, like I say, it's really good to have you on the show, Mitchell. Thanks a lot. And uh, we hope to be able to speak to you again if there's any more Dutch ties. But yeah, I mean, do you want to? Do you have like a social media account people can maybe grab hold of you at, or is there a, you know a place a, a plug you want to give us right now? Um, no, well, I'm I'm on Twitter uh, as uh, Jonksma Jonksma, uh, which has been my account for ages, and I've been reluctant to change it to something more professional. Um, <laughs> uh, in general, I, I haven't really done as much as I would like lately because work has been an absolute pain but um yeah i mean uh, we hope that we will produce something on benefit soon again so definitely keep an eye out for that fantastic stuff and yeah for any listeners i mean that they are the place to go mitchell's the man to follow for dutch football for sure so uh yeah give him a follow and uh steve thanks a lot as always and uh yeah well let's wrap this one up and move on to the next topic thanks yeah, a lot mitchell. thanks very much for coming on mitchell uh, no worries always a pleasure That concludes this week's Nordic Football Podcast. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye.